the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Set your spirit on fire and let Dr. Luana Steins guide you to a life of purpose and fulfillment. To reach Dr. Luana Steins, call 760-315-1967 or visit atouchfromabove.org. And now here's your A Touch From Above host, Dr. Luana Steins. bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Dr. Luana, and this is A Touch From Above. I am so excited all that God is doing. You know what? I just wanted to let you know the music that is played before and after is from my CD, The Cup of Salvation. Those are 10 original songs, and uh, one of them is Satan, Get Out. One of these days, I'll have the uh, engineer of the radio station play that maybe during one of our uh, uh, when I'm talking about the enemy, when he comes in like a flood, they can play that whole song for you. It's a song that uh, we wrote when the devil comes in like a flood and he comes in at you and he just tries to destroy your life. You got to tell him, get out. You know, it's amazing because my message today is called called for battle. Oh, our God is so good. You see, you and I must not forget what we're called for. You know, what will you do with Jesus? What you do with Jesus you see, what he gave us is so very important. Can I tell you, pray and arm for battle. Go forth, soldier. Two, three, four. Two, three, four. You know, I like the writing of Paul. You know, Paul wrote almost all the New Testament books, except for a few of them. But boy, when I read his writing, it's like, it's like I jump into the pages of that Bible. And I'm there on the battlefield, you know, with Paul as I'm watching him stand before the Sanhedrin. And I'm there when he's in the, you know, the courtyard. And I'm there when he's speaking to the church in Corinth. And I'm watching him as, you know, there they are in the book of Acts where the goddess Diana is there. And there's so much opposition going on. But I want you to know something. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, 13, you therefore, my son, be strong. Paul's writing this to young Timothy. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. Faithful, notice the key word is faithful men, who will abide and who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one, no one entangles in a warfare, entangles in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Do you realize that Jesus enlisted us as soldiers? And also, if anyone competes in athletics, He's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. 
Can I tell you the B-I-B-L-E? Do you know what that means? Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, the B-I-B-L-E. That is our rule book. You see, the hardworking farmer must first must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even the point of chains. Ah, but the word of God is not changed. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful and cannot deny himself. You see, you have to understand Paul is writing while he's in prison to young Timothy. Because he, if later on, when you, as you get to read your Bible, you find out that Paul is always sending Timothy somewhere. Timothy was like a son. He, he kind of, uh, uh, Timothy is like, like his shadow. You know how you have, you had Moses, then you had like uh, Joshua. You had Elijah, you had Elijah. You know, and you find that you have Paul and then you have young Timothy. And Timothy learned with Paul and went with him every single place that he went. The word endure is to go under hardship, suffering, affliction, to be afflicted. Paul writes this pastoral epistle. It's a pastoral letter. And it's so powerful. He writes this while he's in prison. And he writes to young Timothy. He knew what was ahead. As you read through First and Second Timothy, I really tell people, I share, you know, we have a touch from above Christian University. I always forget to share that. We have classes on Sunday morning at nine o'clock, even before church, for those that want to go through the university. And it's been so amazing to watch our students. And we tell them that, you know, you have to understand when Paul writes this letter, he's writing a pastoral letter. And you have to understand that there are times that you have to understand. This is why the word is so powerful. You've got to write that word on the tablet of your heart. Why? So that you don't sin against God. You know, and while in prison, he writes to young Timothy, he knew what was ahead. Because if you read First and Second Timothy, you will discover that his letter gets urgent, 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 and more urgent. Because what happens is he's about ready to die. He knows that any moment of time, he is going to give his life for the purpose of the gospel. He's going to be killed. And he knew Timothy must prepare for war and battle after he's gone. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 says, Yet I consider it necessary to write to you, Ephroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. In Philemon chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Agrippa, Archippus, our fellow soldier, in the church, in your house, grace to you and peace from our, from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you have to understand, you and I have to step out of the world. And we have to understand that there is a battle. 
There's a battle that's raging all around us. And there's a spiritual battle that you can't see with your natural eyes. And you have to understand that God wants to help you make it through every single trial that we go through. Do you understand how important it is? When I read in the book of Acts, chapter 16, Verse 23, this is what happened to the multitude. And the multitude rose up to gather against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Well, who is he beaten? Paul and Silas. And when they had laid many stripes on them. You know, a lot of people today would be so mad. Forget it. That's what I get for serving God. I ain't going to go to church. I don't want to. Here, take my Bible and throw it. You know, people flip out and they give up too easy. Hey, soldier. You can't go to battle in flip-flops. Get your battle shoes on. Listen, soldier. Where's your helmet? Don't you understand? You see, common Christianity goes nowhere. Common men go nowhere. Common Christianity goes nowhere. Absolutely does nothing. They just kind of sit and they're lazy and they don't do anything. You see, I love this letter that he writes here. Paul, a prisoner. You see, Agrippa, whoever hears of this woman, you know, whoever hears of her, did you know it's one of God's soldiers? I know nobody likes to really talk about that, but how in the world could a woman be a soldier for Jesus? Very easy. Do you realize what what happened to her? She was stoned to death, her and her whole household, under Nero. You see, we are made for battle. Our God is so powerful. What caused these mighty men and women to lay down their lives for the gospel? They found the pearl of great price. Jesus is our pearl of great price. We're not just, you know, listen, we're going to pass this test. You see, you have to understand something. So many Christians today, do you have your armor on? Yet they're not even in the battlefield. You may have your arm, you may have your armor on, but you're not in the battlefield. You see, many today are at home watching TV, filling themselves with the ideas of the world. You see, you and I have to live above the norm. Today's the soldiers of the cross is what we need. Prayer. What's that? Every time I read these powerful verses in the Bible, I'm convicted. The prayer of a righteous man or a woman availeth much. You see, the true Christian will go through the battle. They'll go after. Well, they'll go through battle after battle after battle. Uh, but Lord, wait! No, no, no! What more can I do? This is this should be our call, Lord. What more can I do for you? Can I tell you the key to the cross to to you and I in the battlefield is reaching the lost, the brokenhearted. Standing for His righteousness may cost you. I have to tell you a story. You know, I have such a burden for the homosexual. And people don't understand that, but I've seen so many young men and women that have been totally abused when they were younger, and so they don't even realize that how Satan has swept them in. So every year, I take my speaker and the gay pride. One time, I took my camera. Oh my goodness, they thought I was part of. They thought I was part of television or something. I had my little tag on, a touch from above, you know, um, uh, film, whatever. And so I had my camera because I'm writing a new book called It's Not Gay at All. 
And so I'm writing my new book, but I want to also have like a video with it to show the truth and the lies of the corruption of homosexuality. So I had my camera there. I, my goodness, my assistant was helping me and she had to literally close her eyes. She says, oh my gosh, where have I been? And she was a good friend of mine and she had gone through a terrible divorce. I said, you're going to stay in Arkansas crying and moaning and crying and licking your wounds, or you're going to get up, come and be a part of a touch from above and let's do something for Jesus. So she happened to come in and I said, I'm going to film today at the gay parade and then I'm going to preach. And she goes, oh, my goodness, you're kidding me. Well, there were over 200 and some thousand people there. So I have my camera set on my camera and I gave her, here, you hold the bag. I'm going to film. So I'm filming as the parade is coming by. And then we finished. I put the camera away. Then I took, I said, okay, let's go put this in the car and let's get the speaker. I bring my speaker. I bring in my music stand. I have my Bible and I start to preach. Oh, my word. The vile corruption and the hatred that rose out of that crowd. And you know what is amazing? I didn't even say anything bad. I'm saying, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. I'm preaching about the love of Jesus. And I have wonderful friends with me who have been delivered from homosexuality. And they're giving their testimonies. One young lady who had been delivered from lesbianism for over 25 years, she was bound by lesbianism. She's totally free today and loves Jesus. She's with me and she's looking at the crowd and she goes, oh, Dr. Luana, I was so blind. I was so blind. Look at these people, Pastor. They're blind. They don't know. We got to reach them. Oh, my gosh. How will they know? We got to tell them. She goes, give me more tracks. So she was there up and down the streets and trying so hard to reach him. And she goes, and then she came back. She was literally crying. I mean, we're talking thousands. We're surrounded by thousands of people. Though uh, I met a couple of police there that are saved and they love God and they had been watching my television program and uh, you'll know my television program I said don't touch that channel so he, the police comes up to me and he goes Dr. Luana <clears throat> I don't know this is a big crowd I, I, I don't know what are we going to do How? I, I said sir I said you relax don't worry we'll be alright God gave us a commission we have thousands of angels you can't see we're okay. He goes, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay. He goes, I don't know how you do it. I said, it's not me. It's the love of God that sees these broken people. And we're in a battle. We're in a battle for souls. We have to understand we are to gird up ourselves as a soldier. This is what Jesus told us. His great commission in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four gospels, the very last pages of those gospels. He says, I love the one where he says to Simon Peter, he said, Simon Peter, do you love me? He goes, yes, Lord. You know I love you. And then Jesus tells him again, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? And what is he pointing at? Has anyone ever thought about what Jesus is pointing at? He's pointing at the fishnet full of fish. Do you love me more than these? And Yes, Lord. You know I love you. Then Feed my sheep. And then he says it the third time, Simon Peter, do you love me? And Simon Peter got mad. He goes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then he says again, then tend my sheep. Do you understand what happened there? You see, when Jesus was crucified, Peter got so broken and so hurt. Remember he denied Christ? The the, The rooster crows, what, once, twice? He denied him three times. That rooster crows, 
Let me tell you something. Peter got so discouraged because he was thinking in his natural. He thought, is this your time, Jesus? Are you going to take over Israel? You're going to step into government and you take authority? You know, Jesus, it's not for you to know the time of the seasons. You see, Peter didn't understand that the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ was going to bring deliverance to all mankind. So when Peter saw Jesus die on that cross and he said, Lord, it is finished. And when Jesus died, Peter got so discouraged, he got mad, got bummed, busted and disgusted. And I'm telling you what, he couldn't be trusted. He took his little team and went out to the fishing. He went fishing. Well, where did Jesus find him three years before? He was at the fishing net with his father. Remember that? He was walking along the shore and he said, come and follow me, Peter, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, Peter left the boat three years before that, left the net, left the fish, left everything and followed Jesus. But see, he got mad and discouraged, busted and disgusted. And then he went back and went fishing. So when Jesus is standing, this Jesus has died, crucified, rose again from the dead, walked on the earth. He's over at the shore and he looks across and he sees Peter and the fisherman in the boat. And then he looks and he said, hey, men, did you catch anything? And they said, no, we fished all night. We didn't find it. And Jesus said these powerful words, cast your net on the other side. So they took that net and they cast it on the other side of the boat. And all of a sudden that net is filled with hundreds and hundreds of great big fish. And now the net is so filled with fish, it's almost tipping the boat. So the other boat, the disciples come over there, help them with the net, and they bring all that fish to the shore. But Jesus is already at the shore, already with the fire and cooking fish. So he said, come and eat. And then I'm sure Jesus is squatting down, turning the fish. And then he comes with his statement. Hey, Peter, love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then tend my sheep. Peter, love me more than... Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You're getting me mad. Then tend my sheep. You see, what happened is Peter didn't realize there's a battle. You and I have to understand something. There is a battle for souls. And how will they know if we never get out there and preach the gospel? Everywhere I go, I have flyers and I invite everybody to church. I don't want to hear that. That's all right. I'll go to somebody else. I'll go to the next one. I don't mind. I go downtown at lunchtime sometimes and take my speaker and preach on the corner. Sometimes I go to Mission Beach, stand on Mission Beach, take a team and preach on the beach. You know what? Jesus is coming and souls need to be won into the kingdom. And you and I have to understand something. There is a battle to be won. Throughout history, there were many that were slain for the faith of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 through 40 says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms? worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of the lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Wow! That they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. 
They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. You see, you have to understand something. The early church gave their lives for the gospel. What are you doing for Jesus today? Are you in a place of comfort, us four and no more? When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? When's the last time you brought a sinner to church to get saved? When's the last time you made impact on your family that's not saved? You see, Christianity is not just feelings. Christianity is to get out and labor. The commandments of the Lord, he told us, go forth and preach the gospel to every living creature. I'm so grateful for this radio program Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It's my opportunity to reach 100,000 people out there. Maybe one or two are backslidden. Maybe hundreds are backslidden. Maybe hundreds are caught up in the web of perversion and lust. Maybe some don't realize they're on the edge of hell, about ready to tumble into hell in eternity. You see, Daniel was able to stand for righteousness. The mouth of the lions, oh my goodness. Daniel chapter 6, verse 16, So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. You see, God is a good God. He closed the mouths of the lion for Daniel. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What are you doing in the kingdom? Can I tell you, I challenge you today to get up off of your backslidden behind. I love you with all my heart, but I'm going to talk to you real. Stop living with your girlfriend. You know you're fornicating. Stop it. Stop living with your boyfriend and making an excuse. Stop making excuses for you doing wrong. Stop doing that. You see, Daniel, in the, in the Word of God, you had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood when it was hard to stand in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Yet many today are chasing money. They're chasing the riches of the world. They're self-exaltation. Can you hear the Apostle Paul writing from prison? And how about that jet for ministry? Did you get that jet? You know what? You have to understand something. I've traveled, and I say this humbly, I've traveled around the world in some of the most poorest areas if every Christian minister understood the purpose of the gospel, they wouldn't live in a great big mansion. They wouldn't have two or three jets and boats and yachts and all of that. 
You know what? They wouldn't. I've been in the mountains, blue mountains of Australia, where the Aborigines are. I preached down in the heart of Mexico. I preached in the bush of Africa. And you know what? I have a burden for the lost. You know what? And it'll cost you something. I don't have a big fancy car. People laugh at me. They say, Dr. Luana, when you get in the car? I said, this is paid for. It's my Jesus truck. I don't need a new car. I have a 30-year-old Volvo. You know, it's an oldie but goodie, but it's paid for. What am I doing? I don't need to impress anybody. I've got to reach the world. I've got to reach the lost. I want to give to young pastors who are trying to make it and they're working their tail off. I want to be able to give to people that are hurting and broken and in despair and they're trying to make ends meet. You see, if every minister understood the truth about this gospel, I have a mansion in heaven. God promised me a mansion. That's where my greatness is going to be, a mansion in heaven. How about you? Are you throwing away your life? Are you chasing after foolish things? Get back in gear. Give your heart to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I need you, Lord. Oh, Father, help me get back on track. Are you a pastor that lost your way? I've been preaching, pioneered three churches. I've pastored um, many, many years, and I have traveled around the world as an evangelist for over 13 years. I've seen many, many, many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches go through so much heartache and brokenness. Pastor, are you broken? Come to Jesus. He loves you so much. Trust him with all your heart. God bless you. I love you. You've been listening to A Touch From Above with Dr. Loana Steins. For your financial support of any amount, you'll receive her book, A Mother's Story. Send your gift to P.O. Box 2800, Ramona, California, 92065. Visit atouchfromabove.org and come visit a church service, 10 a.m. at 16145 Highway 67, Ramona, California, 92065. Dress warm. It's a church without walls. Are you distracted? Seems like everything gets in the way. Come to a Touch From Above Prayer Mountain, 25 beautiful acres. Walk up to the cross or relax in a small private cabin to pray. Bring your leaders to pray. At Prayer Mountain, God answers prayer. Even Jesus had to get away to pray. Call today and make your reservation, 760-315-1967. Your answer is just a prayer away. A touchfromabove.org. Like the ravages of a flood, but I call on the name of Jesus and the power of his blood. I have victory over Satan. Glory to the King of Kings. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.